Welcome to Bros in Blue, the New York City FC podcast with at least two listeners. I'm Joe in Brooklyn, New York. That is Charlie in Somerville, Massachusetts. Hello. I'm at my new recording studio. Uh, we've moved since we recorded last. Yeah, Charlie, you're now a proud homeowner. Congratulations. Uh, something that few Americans in in cities like Boston or New York can say they've accomplished so well we don't really we don't really own much of anything i i like to say that we're renting from the bank now so someday someday maybe but i'm waiting to celebrate until then anyway how are you doing joe i'm good it's october 22nd 2019 i just ate a big chocolate bar i really can't open a chocolate bar without eating the whole chocolate bar these days so do, do you know what a serving just, do you know what a serving is on those uh, it's probably before. like one square a quarter no, of a square no i think it's half a bar so oh, that, that makes me feel better i'm only yeah. two people that's I'm right eating twice as much that's right and and you're you know you have a family so you, you gotta you gotta round up a little bit so yeah two two seems reason two servings seems reasonable so I'm all hopped up on chocolate here, and it's October 22nd, so NYCFC is playing in the playoffs tomorrow night against Toronto FC, and I will be there, Charlie, and uh, guess where the match is being played? Um, well, I know this is incorrect, but I'll guess Yankee Stadium. Wrong. Why? How could you possibly guess that after NYCFC played all of its home games there this season like why would you <laughs> ever guess that no the, this the match is being played at city field uh and this is a recurring issue that's going to come up every year until the team gets its own stadium which is well, that if yeah. i mean city city field sounds like new york city's stadium like if they were going to name it something city field seems like a good name for a soccer stadium for nycfc i guess it's city field like city bank c-i-t-i yes uh but again this year the yankees were good and the yankees are almost always good this wouldn't be an issue if the if the baseball team sucked but the yankees are good so the yankees made the playoffs so the yankees created a conflict between their own playoff schedule and mls playoffs and uh, until NYCFC gets its own stadium, it's going to be a second-class citizen and, and, and sort of renter in Yankee Stadium. And for that reason, it was given the boot. Now, the ironic thing is that the Yankees ended up losing in six games to the Astros. Oh, they're already out? Fi- I didn't even know They're that. out. They're out. So, But but the decision, this it, it became clear that the series was going to go right. long enough that, right. that this, this, the trigger needed to be pulled on – NYCFC not playing at Yankee Stadium. Now, I, I think I, this is a bummer to just for the team to have to play in a new stadium this season. But I will say, Charlie, last time NYCFC played at City Field, there was one match last season, which wasn't it was the last match of the regular season. Uh, it was not a bad situation. Like at City Field, the it's a little bit smaller, more intimate, so you you keep some of the noise in. And the the seats are generally closer to the field than at Yankee Stadium. That's cool. Um, 
I gotta say, Joe, I I actually went and saw NYCFC play recently as well, uh, or not not super recently, but they played the Revs in their second to last game of the season, and uh, I went and watched in Foxborough at Gillette Stadium, where the Patriots play, um, which is uh, the Revs' home stadium because they're also owned by Kraft, um, and the seats were great. I mean, I could actually see the corner flag. Uh, they were kind of in a similar position to our um, our season tickets when I was living in New York still a couple years ago. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it was really it was it was a, a great a great view of the game. So I really appreciated being able to see the entire field. Maybe you'll have that experience at City Field um, as opposed to at Yankee Stadium. Well, so why, why, Charlie? Why don't we start with the end of the regular season, and then we kind of ca- can kind of wrap up how the team performed on the back end of the season and talk about uh, talk about the regular season and our impressions of, of different players. Um, and then, sure. And then we can kind of get into the playoffs. And I think we let, – let's start – I want to start with a little anecdote, um, which is I was on the way to see NYCFC play DC United. Uh, it was like – you know, a couple months ago, maybe three quarters of the way through the season. And I actually met, um, met the wives of two DC United players on the subway, Mm -hmm. which was cool. Well, I could tell, I could tell that they must be, they, they had to be, uh, wives of players because they, one of them had a baby and this woman she was she was the wife of the guy who got a red card in like the first five minutes of the game and got sent off. <laughs> I felt bad about that. I don't think she was even in the stadium yet. Um, but he's like a defensive midfielder at DC United, and so that they they got on and they were talking about how many stops to Yankee Stadium, and they were the the woman with the baby was wearing like a fresh, uh, a fresh T-shirt, a fresh jersey, for um. For, for a DC United player. And then she was with another woman and they were speaking in Spanish and they were all quite well-dressed and they were traveling with the nanny. And it just, you know, so, so many things were off if they were just regular people going to the, going to Yankee stadium just to watch right. the game. Like, right. why would you bring, why would you bring a baby? Why would you be a DC United fan who traveled all right. the way from DC to come to New York with a baby to like take your baby to with your girlfriend to take you, your girlfriend and the nanny and the baby to go to MLS game. I mean, Charlie, maybe in, in 40 years, there will be soccer fandom like that in the U S but I don't think it's quite there yet. Especially among women. That'd be great. Yeah. I mean, I don't want, I don't want to guess as to how devoted female MLS fans are, but like, I think, I think, for, it'd be the same thing for any man. Neither of us would travel with our baby to go see NYCFC away. I don't think that that would be crazy. Maybe that's the threshold we should aim for, as as fathers yeah, you're and real fans. For. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So well, that's I, actually, cool. I actually talked talked to them a little bit because they were wondering what stop to get off at. Um, yep. And the the the. It was kind of funny watching what was going on because the um, the 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 woman who didn't have a child with her was kind of making small talk with the nanny, 
And you could just tell that this person did not want to talk to this nanny at all. I mean, this nanny, the the woman talking was, was uh, I, th- I think she might have been Argentinian. Um, but, you know, she, the nanny probably had like 200 pounds on her. Not 200, like 150 pounds on her or 100 pounds on her. Uh, yeah. And, and yeah. You know, it it was it was just it was like real real small talk. Um, but anyway, they were wait they were, in Spanish in Spanish. Yeah, in Spanish. But the nanny Spanish, Spanish wasn't really that good. Almost nothing. But you could just tell like they were right, right, you know, right, right. The, it was like long pauses in between what there was in between the question and answer. Yeah, yeah. And like yeah. one one person would, have, <laughs> you know, awkwardness translates, Charlie. It doesn't. It's mm. universal language. Like one. The, the nanny would ask like a question and, and, and you're then, definitely fluent in it. So I believe you. Yeah, oh, for sure. And the woman would answer <laughs> and it's kind of like that type of answer that like trails off like, Oh yeah, I lived there for two years. And then there's kind mm-hmm, of like a mm-hmm. two minute pause. And then somebody's yeah. like, Oh shit, crap. I got to come up with something else, another question. So it was like that kind of conversation. But anyway, I, um, I, I asked, they, they were trying to figure out what, where to get off. And I, so I, I, I told him, and then I was like, are you guys related to players on DC United? And the, the woman with the baby was like, so shocked. She was like, she was like, oh yes. Like, how did you, how could you tell? <laughs> she probably so, hoped that you actually recognized her personally. Maybe they're, you know, maybe they have Instagrams or something, or maybe they're famous in their own right. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they have had their their picture at some point up on, up on the Instagram somewhere. It, it was it was just it seemed like coming it seemed like culturally they were coming from, coming from the, the I, I guess if if you're a foreigner in the U.S. and your hus you're here because your husband's playing soccer here, then you're not gonna have a real good understanding of how how famous your husband is or how famous you are kind of right like it'd be hard to develop that so but here's here's my question do you do you think they were surprised that you rec- that you knew they were wives of players because soccer is so big time in like argentina Ar- argentina for example that everyone's wearing jerseys so like it wouldn't have they wouldn't have stuck out at all in argentina oh right yeah or do you I, think I it's think... the opposite do you think it's the opposite that like Soccer is so small time in the U.S. that they were like, "Wow, no one ever knows what our D.C. United jersey is," or something. Uh, I think pro- I think it's probably a combo somehow. Like in the first place, they're surprised. <laughs> they're surprised that anybody would ever talk to them because they aren't usually asked about mm-hmm. it because because people just don't don't care. And right. then I also think I also think that they would assume that because the sport is so small, nobody right. would nobody would really recognize the jersey right um uh, yeah but but uh, of course but it was just it was a funny question to get asked back because it was like so blatantly obvious if you if you act if you actually spent more than 30 seconds paying yeah. attention yeah yeah um anyway we're and, very and, we're very oh say go ahead go ahead Oh, well, the the com the conversation. This is like the the longest story. That's a big zero. But the conversation <laughs> ended with with the the uh, the this this woman asked me. Um, they're both very nice. And this woman asked me, "Oh, like who are you?" Because I wasn't wearing any NYCFC jersey or anything. She's like, "Oh, are you a DC United fan?" And I was like, "Oh no, I'm rooting for NYCFC." And then you know she explained to her friend like, "Otro equipo," 
he's like yep. a fan of the other team. Oh, um, good job, good job. Yeah. Nice. And then it got to the stadium. They <laughs> yeah. like they probably took five minutes to get out of the subway because the stroller, and then um the the mother's husband was sent off in the first like five minutes. So she probably <laughs> didn't even get into the stadium. Well, bad. maybe he was so mad that he didn't see his his family there to watch him that he he lashed out. Yeah. All right, Charlie. So that that's that's my that's my regular season story. Is there anything else we should talk about before we well like sum up the regular season? So yeah, I I can actually say that I was at the game uh in which NYCFC clinched top of the east. Um by losing which, which was the game at Revs. Yes, they lost. And you might ask how did they clinch top of the east by losing? Well, all of their potential rivals uh, also lost or drew, and that was that was the Union and Atlanta United. Um, so yeah, they ended up they ended up uh, getting it despite kind of a, a sad loss um, against the Revs. Not, it wasn't a horrible performance, but um, they certainly weren't dominant by any any respect. But Joe, all of that sets up the fact that NYCFC won the Eastern Conference, and this is this is the first year that's happened, right? Am I correct in saying that? I think you are, Charlie, because our previous best season, we we finished second to Red Bulls, who had mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. had like a record breaking season that season. So yeah, yeah, NY, NYCFC finishes with sixty four points. In second place was Atlanta United with fifty eight points. Goal differential of twenty one. Next best was Atlanta United with fifteen, and just. It's the most points in NYCFC team history. So this season, I think, to unexpectedly to many people, ended up being the most successful in club history. And it's also worth mentioning that we got second overall in the entire league, um, second only to LAFC Supporter Shield winners, who set a record for the number of points, I believe, with 72. So uh, they were definitely better than us, but... Um, yeah, this is this is quite a season, Joe. What happened? I mean, I think this is our third podcast of the season, and <laughs> at the first one, I think I was asking for Dome Toronto to to be fired. Um, yeah, I think we, we were, agreed. We agreed yeah. he should be fired. We were we what? Like, eight, we eight weren't games? rabid about it, but no, we thought no. he should go. But we were eight games in or something, and we didn't have a win yet. I think we had like six draws and two losses, or it, it was something. It was something like that. Tons of draws, um, and wow, we really turned it around. Um, do Do you know? Like, can you point to any? Were there any tactical changes? Was it personnel? Um, was it just uh, morale or something? I mean, do you know anything? Anything specifically about what changed? So I think versus other seasons a few things a few things happened Toronto Toronto did a good job stick building on what Fiera had had built and the possession based style but the difference in performance is really down to quality of players and we had three goal scoring threats emerge this year that we didn't have in prior seasons and they took they took a little while to get um, to get going because they were all signed right towards the the end of the off season, and Eber was actually was actually signed during the season. Um, 
or two of the three were signed were were new signings. The, so the three goal scoring threats were Heber, Mitritza, and um, Tati Castellanos, who like seem to improve every game this season. But they I thought we had. With, I thought I thought Castellanos we, we had as a player. We previously. did, but he was signed. But he was signed. Um, towards the very back end of last season. Like, he only played two or three mm. matches in the regular season. And okay. also, I mean, okay. I think I think he has a shout to be one of the most improved players in MLS because um, he, he really he really showed, showed some skill and finishing ability this season that I had no clue he would have watching him last season. He's a young guy. He's, like, 20 years old. So, um, you know, there's, there was always room for development. But, you know, he, he – far surpassed i think i think it just shows the unpredictability of developing young players especially not players who are elite elite talents who you can tell from age 12 that they're going to be unbelievable you know he he eclipsed medina who was signed with much more fanfare and was supposed to be a much better prospect and um is probably making more money than him both seasons but medina hardly got into the team this season and castellanos improved greatly and finished with 11 goals. Matriza finished with 12 goals and Eber finished with 15 goals. So those three guys, our top three goal scorers were all basically not on the season last, not on the team last year, top three goal scorers, all not on the team last year. That, that to me is the biggest difference. And then for the rest of the team uh, on defense, we just didn't have any crippling injuries. Cheneau and Kyans were able to play most of the season and Tinnerholm uh played the entire season and then at left back we um we kind of had to cobble things together between sweat and Matarita at times the weakest position on the team but Mata stayed healthy healthy for most of the season so we actually had some continuity on defense as well I think those those were the the major things yeah Joe very very nice summary um I think the the biggest point is Eber and uh and castellanos um i think matriza had some some sparks here or there but he definitely did not uh, adapt to the league or impress as much as eber as a, a new signing um and yeah i don't know tati castellanos like I, I don't i don't know how he does it it's like when he has a bad game he comes back the next game as if he scored a hat trick in the last game um the guy he has like infinite confidence somehow and he, he just kind of pulled him up himself up by his bootstraps this season it appears i mean i don't think it's actually the case i think he was probably that good to begin with but he was just a bit of an unknown until this season and he really filled a massive void uh up top left by david via um him and eber combined i should say i think matriz's season i i don't know if i'd put him up there with with those two in terms of his contributions to the team. But it's, you know, it's he's worth... a difficult he's a difficult player to assess because he seems to have one trick, which is to to get the ball at his feet and just drive at defenders and try to cut inside and get a shot off. I mean that's ninety percent of the time he gets the ball, that's what he's trying to do. Right. He took he took ninety four shots this season, Charlie. Yeah. That's yeah. That's more <laughs> that's more than Castellanos and he I don't think he he played as much time, ninety-four to eighty. He led. He led the the team, and he only got thirty-four of his shots on goal. I mean, you compare that. He scored twelve goals. Eber took fifty-six shots and scored fifteen goals. So, obviously, uh, Matriza was more wasteful with chances. 
But the thing about Matriza that's hard to quantify is that in in MLS there's so few players who can who have the dribbling skill to make a defender commit and to to mm. create create problems for a defense by making defenders commit. And Matriza does that. He just runs at people. Um, and defenders aren't good enough that that, that is not a, a good strategy a lot of the time. And it kind of feels like sometimes, even though he's predictable, he ends up creating things for teammates off of rebounds or, or defenders getting pulled out of place trying to mark him. Or he won a lot of free kicks this season. Like he's, he's got, he create, he creates those things, even if he's kind of wasteful with his own chances. Well, I'm definitely excited to see him next year. Um, I think he does have room to improve. I think he, he's not going to be, uh, uh, Javinko obviously, but, um, I think he's that, that style of player, you know, a short, low center gravity, good dribbler can take a free kick. Um, so I, I think he has a lot more to contribute in the future. It's also worth mentioning that Maxi Morales had 20 assists, which was a, a league-leading uh, stat this season uh, by a lot. The next highest was oh, Diego Maxi, Valeri Maxi at played unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, he, he was the engine of everything, and he was in a lot of best 11s in MLS this season. Yeah. He's, he's so consistent, too. I mean, I feel like when NYCFC has a bad game, it's because of the people around him. You know, it's not his fault. Um I just find him to be really consistent and very good. Um, so he's definitely, he's definitely delivered. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's a good summary of the regular season, Joe. Uh, suffice it to say that we're not asking for Toronto to be fired anymore. Um, <laughs> I think he's, he's done a, a good job for sure. So Charlie, um, should we let's let's talk a little bit about this playoff game coming up at City Field tomorrow evening? It's against Toronto FC, a team that has like haunted this franchise uh, ever since they whooped us out of the playoffs two seasons ago in what was prior to this our most promising um, season. Uh, so yeah, yeah. We, actually, before we sorry Joe, before we get there, yeah. I think it is it is worth mentioning that the MLS playoff format has changed pretty dramatically um, since previous years. And we always complained about it, but previously there were four rounds of playoffs and they were divided up across international breaks. And it was, there was a single elimination play in round and then it was home and away until the MLS cup. Um, but this year um, they've changed it. I think due to the general consensus that that format was not exciting and uh, not efficient. Um, it's all single elimination. Um, so NYCFC qualified as the only team to get a bye um, from the East. So six other teams played a single elimination play-in round and we're now into the, semi, the, the conference semifinals and it will continue to be single elimination with the team with the better home record hosting. And we talked a little bit about NYCFC's issues with the venue, but NYCFC will but host. Charlie, didn't two teams get? Oh no, there were only seven playoff teams in the East. Yep, it's different. A different number of teams qualified. Uh, I think yeah. it's seven teams instead of six from both divisions yeah, this year right. because there because there are more teams. Well, um, no, it used it used to be eight, Charlie, and then two teams would get a first round bye. So like two thirds of the league was making it into the playoffs. 
okay, okay. So playoffs are more competitive this year. Yeah. So the the team with the higher uh, the better regular season record hosts, which means NYCFC is going to be hosting uh, through to the final, potentially even the final if LAFC doesn't make it. Ooh, that um, would be awesome. Yeah. So and even still, you know, an NYCFC versus LAFC final would be would be a fantastic game, but it would be in LA. So anyway. Right, Charlie, are we are we going to LA if NYCFC makes the cup? I mean, I oh, feel like gosh. I'm going. I feel like I'm going to LA. Uh, that would be very fun. That would be very fun. I almost I I know that there are family responsibilities and all that, but I almost feel like there's no choice because the it's team... no, November 10th at 3 oh. p.m. Uh. <laughs> well, I shouldn't speak too soon. I thought it would be later than that. No, that's what's so great I... is that the playoffs are all condensed. It it all happens in a couple of weeks, and it's there's already momentum. The first round games were incredibly exciting because they were single elimination. I guess the the first round was previously as well, but there were some wacky games, um, and I, I'm excited about this round of playoffs. Um, so yeah, November 10th. Mark your calendars. So my. My second baby's supposed to be like two days old at that stage, so that might be t- it. Might be tough. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I just heard Claire yell upstairs. You are not going to LA. <laughs> okay, Charlie, that's it, man. I'm all in. LAFC to flop. LAFC's gotta lose. They have got if, to. There lose. you go. If LAFC loses, then you're you're good to go. I know. It'll be, I'm it'll be in New York. more focused on this uh, than NYCFC making the, the final. <laughs> like, well, I'm, my, I'm rooting it, for it, you. It would, it would almost be worse for NYCFC to make the cup final and to not be able to go than for them just to, to not make it. I mean, almost. All right. All right. Well, let's, yeah, let's not, let's not make any rash statements here. I know there, there are babies on the line, but you know, so Anyway, all of that was just a, uh, a lead-in to the fact that, yes, NYCFC is hosting Toronto FC um, in the conference semifinals tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Toronto beat DC United 5-1 in the last game. And as Joe was alluding to, we have a history with Toronto FC, specifically in the playoffs. Well, so, Charlie, the history this season was that that NYCFC played Toronto twice, once away at BMO Field in the very beginning of the season, and that and we we got crushed four zero, but that that game really was not representative of how well NYCFC played later in the season with with um, Eber in the lineup, and then we drew one one at Yankee Stadium, um, in a game that needed a a Sean Johnson penalty save to to secure that draw. And, but there was NYCFC, something weird about that game. That was it during an international break or something. Like neither team had their best players. It was. It was Charlie. Yeah. It was kind of weak in lineups on both sides. Um, NYCFC played they played well enough in the first half to be up two or three zero, and then just completely tanked in the second half. Played the one of the, one of the worst halves I've ever seen them play at Yankee Stadium. So on the basis of that game, where we didn't have our best 11, it feels like this is very winnable. And home field is just 
huge. Yep. Uh, in in a one game playoff, it's it's just massive. So, um, even though it's not Yankee Stadium, the fact of making them travel and uh, and and having many many more NYCFC fans is going to be huge. Yep. Agreed. Um, I feel like we we should mention Canada's victory over the U.S. during the last international break, which was somewhat of a disgrace. Um, but it was actually at Toronto's field, and some of their players featured for Canada in the victory. Specifically, I'm thinking of Jonathan Osorio, um, a winger for Toronto FC, um, one to watch out for potentially. Um, Josie Altidore was injured for their first game their first playoff game against dc i'm not sure if he's supposed to be back in time for this or not joe um but either way toronto fc are they're a decent team but i I agree i i I think it's it's strange to come into a playoff game as the favorites i think previous in previous seasons we've obviously done very well in the regular season and been the higher ranked team um but i don't know for some reason the fact this is single elimination and it's at home um and because of nycfc's really dominant season in the East. I feel like, you know, this is a, this is a statement game for this club. Um, You know, definitely. Yeah. It would take us just winning. So the only time we've ever played a one, a single elimination game in the playoffs before was last season at home against Philly in what was a great performance. One of the best NYCFC games I've ever been to. Uh, And we went through, there to lose to Atlanta in a in a two-legged tie Uh, so this one game if we were to win it would take us further than we'd ever been in the playoffs Um, and yeah I feel good about it is there anything else that we want to say about this other than we'll check back in after the the match tomorrow not really I mean I don't have any I have no tactical analysis of Toronto or even NYCFC what we're going to line up as um, so I'm just really excited to, to watch this game. I don't think I've been so invested in a game in a, in a while, Joe. Um, it, it's, it's well, really who, been who, a while. Let, let's just talk through the best 11 for New York. I think it's pretty clear at this point. You have, you have Mata at left back. You have Kyle, Collins and Cheneau. You have Tinnerholm at, at right back. Then in keeper, you have Sean Jay, obviously. Yeah. Um, in midfield, you've got Ring, and then uh, on the left, you're going to have Matriza. Eber is not match fit, according to um, according to NYCFC. The question, he's ready to play, but he's not ready to go the entire match. So there's a question whether he starts or not. I think if he doesn't start, then Tati starts as striker. And then you have you have Maxi, obviously. Um, and that leaves two places for another center midfielder and a right winger. Right. Uh, and who 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 plays there, Charlie? I mean, does Parks? does Afori? I mean, Parks has he... been playing most of the season. Oh no no no! Who's the other? Um, he played it against the Revs. Um, and he, he was quite good as a holding midfielder. Oh. Rocha? Yes. Yes. I don't think Roach I don't think Rocha's getting a start in playoff game. He's he's only made the team when when we've had 
injuries or back-to-backs. I, Parks is fav- Parks and Afori, I think, would both be favored over Rocha. But well, I think I'd like, I'd like Par- Parks. I like Parks over Afori. Yeah, it it feels like Parks, and then and then on the right wing, um, it feels like Izzy, Tajiri Shradi on the right wing. Yep. So yep. that may be it with with Eber coming in, um, coming in maybe an early sub for Tati, depending on how the game is going. I like that lineup. I mean, the fact that Turner Home is back is huge. Yes. Um, all right, so we'll, we'll see how that match goes. What else? Is there anything else worth discussing here? I, this has been a pretty solid, like, half hour. What a, a like, par- parting parting thought? Um, oh, boy. Well, I guess parting thought is the other teams that are still going. Um there's another game tomorrow night. Seattle is hosting Real Salt Lake. On Thursday, Atlanta hosts Philadelphia, which might be a, a pretty even game. Um, obviously, home field advantage is huge for Atlanta United. Um, and in the West, on Thursday, LAFC is hosting the Galaxy in what could be an incredible game. We have the player of the season, Carlos Vela, captain of LAFC, hosting LA Galaxy, and of course, Zlatan. And these these uh, these derby games have been something else. LA Galaxy have tended to come out on top recently, um, but it, it, that, that could be a great game as well. I, I think this is gonna be the best MLS playoffs, uh, you know, as a neutral, the best MLS playoffs in history. That, that's what I'm hoping for. So. Yeah, I mean, somebody, there, there was, I saw a Twitter post about LAFC, LA Galaxy tickets going for a minimum of 300 bucks, which is cheaper than Clippers Lakers tickets. That's pretty cool. I'm sure, I'm sure it's a much smaller stadium, but that's still cool. Wait, cheaper or more expensive? Sorry, more expensive, more expensive than the, than the cheapest Lakers Clips tickets. That's awesome. All right. I, I think that's, I think that's it. Uh, this is yeah. This is Charlie for Joe saying Forza NYCFC.